Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And welcome back to Welfare, the podcast for runners, joggers, sprinters and plodders. It's hosted by me, Amy Lane. I'm a health editor, fitness expert, runner and author of I Can Run that's out on Amazon this week. The 16th of April, guys, whack that in your diary. So what a few months we've all had since we were together on this podcast. There's been so many highs. For example... The London Marathon entries inch closer to half a million. That's amazing. And Parkrun teamed up with This Girl Can in a bid to address the gender gap in running, while Barbie created a Dina Asher-Smith doll to celebrate International Women's Day. Races, brands and individuals have been paying it forward for the running community. And it's been quite a start to 2020. However, plenty of those highs and runners' progress has now been thrown off course due to the coronavirus crisis. Gyms are now shut, treadmill classes cancelled, and all races put off to the summer at least. The global pandemic has hit us runners hard. However, where there's change, there's also opportunity. And right now, running is the perfect exercise to get us through these tough times. So over the next 10 weeks, I'll be bringing you tips, advice, and some friendly company to help you get through UK lockdown. You'll notice that some shows are recorded in the studio and to be completely transparent and upfront with you guys, these were done before the chaos struck. And you'll notice that some of the shows are recorded from my home. And so there is going to be a difference in quality and format throughout the season. But I made the choice to push on forward with this show and do the best I could with what I've got. And that leads me nicely on to today's theme of the show, becoming a more resilient runner. Before we do a deep dive into this, though, let's catch up on the news that you can use. If you thought press up challenges on Instagram were just for those bored of their partner's company in self-isolation, think again. This humble bodyweight exercise can actually help you become a faster runner by improving your upper body strength and arm swing. To build up to the full exercise, first master the modified press-up. You can do this by dropping down onto your knees. But remember to keep a straight back throughout the move. Once you've got that covered, you can move on to full press-ups. But don't ever feel bad about regressing exercises because regression exercises are the way to progress. And talking of progress, this leads me nicely on to runner of the week. Today's shout out goes to Ombar, who back in March ran a PB at Cambridge Half Marathon and is now chasing a sub 1.45 race time. What a speedy goal. 
good luck. I'm going to be rooting for you. Right then, let's crack on with the meat of today's show. Last season, I had the pleasure of talking to the founder of Athlete in Mind, Andy Cohen-Ray. He shared so many tips and excellent coaching advice and how we can train our brains like we do our bodies. So when researching today's show, I couldn't think of someone better to come on to calm nerves about cancelled races, but also school us all in how we can become more resilient runners. I know that I want to be better prepared for change in the future. So I can't wait to get stuck into this conversation with Andy. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Oh, I couldn't think of a better person to call on in these testing times. I mean, my mind rather than my legs has been running away from me at the ta- at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. You're not the only one. Don't worry about that. Firstly, let's start. How's everyone coping with lockdown in your household? Pretty well. It's business as usual, really, except for my five-year-old boy is at home with me full time, which is awesome. So we've, you know, changed, adapted, and we're we're sort of thriving, really, which is really good. We've kept routine. We've got a sort of a daily timetable. And what I've done is actually created a little race in school, but don't tell everybody because they want to be um, subscribing to my school. But um, I've called it the ACW School of Racing. And we have a briefing in the morning at eight o'clock and then we go through our day and then we've got, you know, little bits of, you know, 10, 15 minute bursts of of learning, lots of fun. We're getting out on the bike with the dog most days. I'm getting my run in. So it's all good. We're enjoying life much as we can. I was about to say, how are you managing to enjoy life so much? But it sounds like it's coming down to organisation. Yeah, routine, organisation and choice, I think is probably a good word to uh, to use there because we could just sit back and watch rubbish on Netflix all day or we could just play in the garden. But, you know, we've got to make a choice to do the best we can with what we've got at the moment so that's what I'm doing you know I'm keeping up my fitness I've been roped into that PE with Joe thing every day so I've done 10 days of that I've got doms on top of doms which is great but that's a it's a choice isn't it there's not a lot else we can do so we can either we can either choose to sit down and be lazy or we can choose to do something positive about it so that's the approach we've taken here in your opinion, during like times of change and like unforeseen change, especially, is that the first thing that you should you should do? Make a choice about how you're going to deal with it, and if so, how do you make that choice? Actually, it's when you look at change, and we look at um, the various sort of change curves and models that are out there, the kind of the decision, the choice is actually one, two, three, four, five. It's the sixth out of seventh thing that comes up, which is interesting. So kind of that choice is a little bit, um, it's a little bit further down the line because we go through a whole up and down roller coaster, if that makes sense. So the first thing you have is the shock and the surprise of the event. So we have the, you know, the media goes wild. We all kind of go, ah, oh, panic. You know, this isn't good. And the panic is a word I don't like to use. You know, we've got, we're forced with this change. And then we kind of go into a bit of denial, a bit of disbelief. And we're like, oh, this can't be real. It can't be true. Especially because we can't see this virus, which is the hard bit. So it's like, is it really there? What if I do go out? Am I going to catch it? Am I not? Then we get a little bit frustrated. And that's probably 
where we are, we're probably where we are at the moment, I would say, with some people, because it's that, you know, I, I'm, I'm self-isolated, I'm at home. And again, lockdown is a, another word I don't like to use, but, you know, we're kind of, we've got an enforced stay-at-home policy as much as we can. So, yeah, we get a little bit frustrated with that. And then when that internal dialogue kind of does kick in and that frustration really comes to the fore that's where we get um that's where our low mood and you know potentially depression and things like that kicking gets you know it's really hard times and then we kind of look at the engagement of the new situation i guess we do a bit of experimenting so being a change specialist almost what i've done is jumped to this on day one and kind of gone right it's a new it's a new situation new ways of working let's go so from you know the first monday we were at home it was like right here's our timetable here's our thing let's go so we kind of jumped straight in at the at the deep end and that's kind of the choice and the decision part that we've done that's what we've made uh the, the sort of final one is integration and that's our kind of that's my new way of working now you know between eight and three-ish you know i'm kind of on the on the school stuff as much as i can obviously i've got work and calls and conference calls and sessions webinars running so i juggle those in and that's the kind of time where I just say to my boy, right, you've got, you know, I've got a call for half an hour, you know, here's your treat, sit in front of the computer or play on your iPad and away we go. So that kind of becomes a new way of working, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So for the runners who are at the beginning of of that process and they are in a state of panic and despair because, you know, they've been training since January probably um, for either a marathon or a half marathon, or maybe there's just people training for like an unorganized 5k. And then suddenly those training plans and race dreams have been abruptly canceled. What's the first piece of advice you'd give to them right now? It's difficult, isn't it? And I'm working with Olympic level athletes who have Mm. have been training for four years for, for Tokyo. And it's now it's now going to be a five year gap, which is you know completely unprecedented. But it's the first thing we look at is the what can I do about it right here, right now? And when we spoke last time, it's around control of controllables. What can I actually do? All, all the races have been cancelled, so there's nothing we can do about it. And again, you've got to make a choice. You can either make a choice to go, I'm going to throw in the towel, I'm going to sit on my backside and let all that hard work go to waste, or you can make a positive choice and go, you know, I'm going to continue my training. I'm going to keep ticking along. You don't need to keep the intensity and the mileage up, but it's um, a good opportunity. Just get some consistent training in and just keep getting out as much as you can, obviously, as long as it's safe to do so. And that's the best piece of advice. It's just just keep continuing doing what you were doing. Maybe drop the intensity a little bit, especially when you, if you were peaking at high mileage drop it down to i don't know 50 percent, 70 percent, whatever you're comfortable with and maybe just take some time to enjoy your running and maybe slow down a little bit and look at what's look at what's around you rather than just looking at the concrete in front of you on the floor i can imagine so many runners around the country like took down their training plan which was blue tucked to the wall and ripped it up and put it in the bin and then went now what when actually we should have left them up <laughs> and and use them as a bit of guidance and still got out there absolutely and you still you know the goal the goal of running the marathon or your 5k or whatever it may be is still there 
it's just going to be a couple of months later down the line. So if you can stay fit and healthy and, and keep getting as much miles in or as many miles in as you can, that can only be a positive thing because then when we get the go-ahead, you can modify your training and go, but actually I don't need to do the full 16 weeks again. I'm, you know, I'm ticking along at this. So I can do those final three, four weeks or whatever it may be. You just need to readjust and adapt and then keep ticking along at the moment. That's such a good way to look at it, because I think there's so many of us that would feel that actually all of those weeks were wasted when actually they're not wasted because they've got you to the point where you are now. So you just need to maintain that point and then move forward when you can. Definitely. It's all it's all money in the bank and we've just got to wait for the day to cash it in on race day. (laughs) So just, you know, keep it in the bank. Don't lose it. Otherwise, when you do come to cash it in, there's going to be no no dollar there so um <laughs> good way of looking at it. one of the things which we spoke about in season two was the running reaper and that being those negative voices which can plague your thoughts and therefore affect your training obviously we've just spoken about what people can do to continue their training but what about the people that are really suffering right now from those negative voices and they have thrown in the towel because they've gone what's the point? Can we revisit the best ways to switch off this negative dialogue? Yeah, definitely. No problems at all. You know, the running reaper, he's, he's earning his money at the moment, isn't he? He's going, he's going full tilt on everybody. Um, He's looking at every, every little weakness in, in everybody to try and thrive at the moment. So we've really got to keep him quiet and maybe we need to change our goal completely and there's nothing wrong with that we do that in business we do that in life it's almost like we've got a got an injury and we can't actually do what we want to do at the moment it's another way of looking at it and it's just changing that perception of the of the situation we're in and then working with it so i would you know for those people that are throwing in the towel it's like well let's let's re let's relook at your goal and go well what can i achieve so maybe that goal is just getting out for a run twice a week or maybe just once a week to start with maybe we've got to go back to run walking maybe we've got to go right back to basics to the pure let's uh let's learn to run again maybe for some people so let's just forget that bigger that bigger goal and let's just chunk it right down to let's get out the door and then if you do get out the door and go for a jog no matter how far how long how short how slow that's irrelevant give yourself a reward or give your mind you know a mental reward give it a pat on the back because that will quieten that reaper down because if you keep fueling it with negativity it's just going to run wild so the, the plan is to kind of balance out that negative with more positive and then you'll start to filter and listen and look for more positive things so it's actually i've been out for a run today no matter how slow how how ugly or whatever it was that's completely irrelevant the fact is you've got out the door because i could say with running the hardest step is always that first one as you get out the door Mm -hmm. and if you could do that that's amazing give yourself a pat on the back and away you go and just keep it in check just get on and do it and go do you know that's great i've burnt a few calories that's amazing right what am i doing next keep looking for the next positive step forward because then that just overrides all the negativity so a bit of adapting of your goal no matter what 
whatever that is or whatever that looks like. Chunk it right back to basics, maybe. You know, there's no rules. There's no right or wrong here. So what works for me won't work for you, Amy. It won't work for the next person. But we've got our goals, so we need to adapt them, whatever that looks like. And then we need to keep uh, keep plowing on with them. When you're working with clients with goals, do you always make sure that you write them down and you have them like stuck up somewhere? Yeah, it depends on the person, actually, because people take in data different ways. I think we spoke about this last time. So for somebody that's a very visual person, having a goal on a big whiteboard or smack on the fridge is awesome. But it doesn't work for everybody. Um, and those that aren't visual will kind of be a bit put, put off by by seeing this constant reminder in their face every morning. So depending on the athlete, we work in, in very, very different ways. But yeah, having a plan written down is really, really important because then it's that seeing is believing stuff, isn't it? So if you can get a goal, no matter how big or small, 5k, a mile, a marathon, ultra marathon, what you've got to do is get that outcome goal down and then put the process in place that's going to allow you to do the stepping stones to achieve that goal. So it's two different types of goal. Your outcome goal, which is London Marathon in October, whenever it is. And then my process is chunks of training, three weeks hard, one week easy sort of thing, whatever that may look like for you. And they're your stepping stones to success. And then you've got to keep reviewing and analyzing that regardless of what's happening virus-wise anyway. You know, with the athletes I coach, every week, every two weeks, we're checking in. How's it going? How's Because life gets in the way, family, kids, illness, injury, things like that. So you've got to keep on top, keep reviewing. You know, if you're not progressing as much as you would like, then it's like, why is that not working? What's not working? And look at what's the difference and makes a difference to make it uh, a positive step forward. But yeah, absolutely. Get it written down. If that works for you, get it planned out, get it mapped out. Then you know exactly where you are, exactly where you're going if things are working or if they're not working that makes so much sense to me and um, especially now because it's taken me a, a number of years to get to this point but i've had to realize that actually nothing in life is really constant and change is inevitable and so you know when you set off on a fitness journey it is going to change from day to day because there's so many variables that affect it. Even now, I've gone from 12 months ago, I was running marathons, and now I am actually run walking on a run because my fitness isn't the same. I'm pregnant, like things are all different. And I've just had to be okay with that change. And the only way that I've been okay with that change is to actually sit down and think about what has changed. <laughs> Definitely. And, and, and all the answers are there sometimes. Sometimes we've just got to look for them, haven't we? You know, changes, like you say, it's happening in everyday life. In the Formula One world I'm working in, we're, we're kind of change change specialists as such. You know, we've gone through massive adversity over the years and it's how we adapt and keep moving forward. You know, when we lost tobacco sponsorship in the 90s, we then got no money. So it's like, where do we find that money? We have to reinvent ourselves to other sponsors to then come on board. And it's the same now where we now can't race, but our teams and our guys back of the factories are making ventilators so we adapt and we thrive that's the key to it it's um you don't want to be constantly surviving because that's really hard work so you've got to adapt and thrive is the trick is the key i just need to quickly interrupt the show guys to tell you about one of the patrons of this season of welfare yo valley yo valley have recently launched their new kefir product now for those of you that haven't heard of kefir before it's basically a delicious, creamy and tangy organic yogurt packed with billions of live bacteria 
from 14 different culture strains, making it extra good for gut health, which is something I have really been trying to pay attention to recently. It's available in loads of nice flavours, including natural, mango and passion fruit, blueberry and strawberry, and is only £1.50 for a 350 gram pot. You'll be able to find it in all major supermarkets. Now that I've shared that news, let's get back to today's show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And do you have any kind of guidance for adapting and thriving? So how can runners train for their train for change alongside their weekly miles? Again, it comes back to doing the best you can with what you've got. Now, if you can't get out, you know, some of my some of my clients in Ireland are on a sort of a two kilometer lockdown. So they're not allowed out very far at all. And those that are doing distance distance runs, you know, that's really hard. And I've seen amazing things of people running marathons around a six foot garden. So there really is no excuse to get out. But it all comes down to the choice and the, the want to go out. And if your goal isn't solid enough, you're not going to go out. So you've kind of got to look at what you've got and make the best of it. Now, maybe you've got to do some shorter runs indoors or you know there was a guy I think it was in Italy or somewhere where he ran up and down his balcony you know which is phenomenal so there really is no excuse you've just got to adapt to to what you have look at what resources you have now if that's a case of getting on your bike and doing a turbo session I've seen these crazy people who are laying on their back and turning their bike upside down so they're just pedaling in in fresh air but it's you know it's ticking their legs over it's great um if you're fortunate to have a treadmill use it if you need to go to do core stuff or we need to do some of these hit classes then do it it's anything to keep the heart rate up and keep you you know keep you working a little bit get the heart and lungs going isn't going to do you any harm at all it's better than nothing it's better than sitting on the couch so there's there's really no excuse you've just got to adapt to what you have if that is running around the garden or laps of a block or whatever that may be. And it's, you know, I'm quite fortunate having been a track runner, I've spent a life running around a 400 meter oval. So going around in circles is no, is no issue for me. Um, but we've just got to adapt our mindset to it and go, well, this is all I can do, or this is all I have. So just make the most of it and, and thrive off the back of it and take those positives. Do you meditate? No, should no. I? I mean, it's personal choice, isn't it? I was just wondering, because obviously you spend so much time working on the mind. And I was just thinking to myself, does he have dedicated time in his day just to sit with his thoughts? Yes, I do. But I probably wouldn't label it as meditation. That's probably the difference. I do often sit and I plan and I, you know, I focus on what's going because I've, you know, I've gone through an inordinate amount of change throughout my life through mental health problems as well. But also I'm meant to be racing a car this season and I bought a new race car just three weeks ago. 
and it's just sat on my drive staring at me at the moment and I should have been doing my first race next weekend but that's not happening so I'm going through a, a sort of a change process myself and also my business has changed where I can no longer go meet clients and, and the work we do in business I can no longer go and have those those meetings in London or the coffee, you know, the coffee meetings or come and meet you guys and have a coffee and do a recording in a studio. So it's all changing. And it's what I do best, I guess, is just adapt. And it's that resilience. It's that how we flex. And then, you know, the the key to it is it's a bit like having a plastic ruler. If you get a plastic ruler and just flex it a bit, it's, it's how it goes back to normal. That's what resilience is. So it's how we flex and adapt. And then, we carry on out the other side. We sort of, we bounce back. Um, obviously, we don't want to snap the ruler because that's mm-hmm. when we end up in a in, in a world of trouble. But just being able to flex and, you know, keep keep that flex going is the positive side of it. Let's talk about that bouncing back because obviously there's going to be a lot of people that need to bounce back in their fitness from having their exercise limited and things changing, but also outside of coronavirus there's also injuries which plague a lot of runners and then they have to bounce back from them how as a coach how how do you approach the bouncing back situation it's that reset isn't it we have to just we have to look at where we are and if we have a if we have a niggle we can just go okay maybe we lose a week or two and that's fine or we can you know, if we can't get out running because we've got an Achilles niggle or a knee niggle or a hip niggle, we can get in the pool, we can do something, we can jump on a bike. It's no difference to what, what's happening with the virus and that we can't necessarily get out for our long runs or for those of us that are on a on a more serious lockdown. I've got friends out in Spain at the moment that are, are, are inside their house and that's it. They're not allowed out unless it's for food. So it's that that kind of... It's how you deal with that while you're in it. And it's that, again, control the controllables. There's not a lot we can do about it. So we just have to make the most of what we've got, where we are, and how we do it. And then once we get the green light, we should be really excited. You know, we've got to get into that really excited kind of, I've got this to look forward to now, so let's get going. Rather than, you know, it's when we talk about the devil and the angel or the positive and the negative, the negative are we going, oh, this is really rubbish and I can't run and da-da-da, where the other one should be going, right, I've got a great opportunity now to relook at my whole plan, look at where I am, look at what I need to do to stay fit, stay healthy, so that when I get that green light, I'm good to go. And I'm I'm doing the same with my own stuff. I'm I'm doing a lot of weights, a lot of fitness stuff to make sure that as soon as I get the green light to go race in my car, I'm I'm good to go, and I can just hit the ground running as such, or hit the ground racing. And, <laughs> it's, uh, um, and that's where you've got to be. I could you know I could just sit down and go, you know, it's okay. There's not a lot I can do. I can't get out on track. I can't can't get my seat time. So I just sit down and wait till I can. But actually, no, I want to be as fit and as strong and as healthy mentally, physically as I can be. So that when that green light goes, I'm I'm on it because that's what's going to be the difference between a successful season and a non-successful season. Because I know a lot of my friends are just that I'm going to be racing against. So sat on the couch right now doing nothing. Same in the running world. There's a lot of people just sat down now doing nothing. So when we do come to race, those of us that you know adapting and thriving are going to be miles up the road because we're ready to go when we are allowed. I love that. So runners, listen up. You need to get out that pad of paper and write down what have you got, where you are, and what you can do now to help you where you want to be. Is that right? Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's that, you know, the only thing we can control is right here, right now. I've no idea what's going to happen in two weeks' time, in a month's time, in, in a year's time. So, you know, the only thing I'm really in control of is today. So do you know what I'm going to do when I put the phone down? I'm going to get out and get my hours running. Then I'm going to come back and do some gym stuff. And that's my day. That's, you know, that's great. And I know that's more than what my, my competitors are doing. So, you know, each step is brilliant. And it's a really good story. Let me go off tangent very quick. It's a really good story about Steve Ovet and Sebastian Coe about Christmas Day. And Sebastian Coe went out for a run in the morning and he was like, I know Steve Ovet's going to go out for a run. So, do you know, what? I'm going to go out for my second run at lunchtime. So he wanted to train harder and longer. So he went out and did a really hard session. And then, you know, he just had that gut feeling that Steve Ovette would have trained. So he's like, I'm going to get that second session in. Then when they met all these years later, they spoke about it. And Steve Ovette turned around and said, oh, you only went out twice that day, which meant he'd gone out for a third run. So it's kind of getting as much in over your opposition as you can. It's a really good story. Have a look. Um, it's on all social media stuff. I'm going to look that up. Well, thank you so much for jumping on here and embracing the change of recording remotely um, and sharing all of your advice to help us all wrap our heads around the big changes that have happened and are happening still in our in our running and personal lives and just our general day to day. No, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm just gutted. I can't see you for a coffee and a hug and, you know, congratulate you on the pregnancy and all that stuff. It's amazing news. So there's loads of positives, but once we're allowed out, we'll catch up. We definitely will. For everyone that's listening in, Andy, please remind them where the best place is to catch up with you. Yeah, I would look for me at Athlete in Mind. So at Athlete in Mind, www.athleteinmind.co.uk. You'll find me there. Excellent. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Stay safe, stay healthy, keep smiling. (laughs) Thank you. Wasn't that great advice, guys, from the lovely Andy, who's helped me and hopefully you understand a bit more how we can wrap our minds around change, but also help us deal with it better in the future. Although I do get it. Right now, the choices of where, and to some extent, how far we can run are completely limited by the rules and regulations of coronavirus. So if you're currently feeling a little bit bored with your usual running route or not sure how to change up your running, let me share 10 ways that I've learned over the years that you can help beat running boredom. Let's start with the simplest one, and that's reversing your running route. Rather than run your loop on autopilot, turn left rather than right out the door or vice versa. This will help keep your mind occupied as you see new things on your run and is good for the body as well because you'll encounter the gradients of footpaths and rows in the reverse of what you usually do. You might find that running your route in reverse is actually a bit harder or you might find that it's a bit easier. Give it a go and see what happens. Next up is making a virtual running date. Lockdown has removed so many of the interactions that we're used to in daily life. And it's bloody tough, isn't it? I really miss going into the office and chatting about training or talking about a class that I've tried or even just catching up with friends after work and going through our weeks. So what I've been doing is making virtual dates and you can do this with running as well. You simply agree a time that you'll all go on your individual runs Obviously, try and run for around the same time. 
And then when you're back, as you're having your big glass of water, all jump on a video call and you can discuss how it went. You could use something like FaceTime or House Party or Zoom to do this. What this does is it gives you a chance to talk to others about your run. Plus, by making a date with your pals, you're more likely to actually do the run and not wake up and think, oh, can't be asked today. Go on, give it a try. Next up is putting on a podcast. Podcasts are perfect for runners, but you guys know that you're listening into this show. But if you've exhausted your audio library, let me share some of the shows that I've been streaming on my runs recently. I've just got into a show called The Immaculate Deception, which recounts the story of a fertility doctor who was determined to create life by any means possible. I am hooked. In at number two is Dying for Sex. This is the story of host Nikki Boyer's BBF Molly, who finds out she has stage four breast cancer. After finding this out, she leaves her unhappy marriage and sets off on a quest to experience a series of sexual adventures with the time that she has left. It's both heartwarming and heartbreaking, and I haven't been able to stop listening to it. Lastly, Happy Place. It's likely that you've already binged on Fern Cotton's Happy Place, but if you haven't, then do. I particularly love the episode with Joe Wicks. It's one of my faves. In fact, I've actually listened to it twice. Right then, on to the next point. Let's talk about guided runs. I started listening to Nike's audio guided runs a few years ago when no amount of pop music could get me through individual speed work. Since then, audio coaching has become big business and it really does help us runners to improve our speeds and running style. Nike audio runs are still going, but if you don't want another app, why not try the Welfare Workouts that launched this week with Oro? Yes, I'm plugging them, guys, I know. But every Wednesday, we're sharing an audio session to guide you through the workouts that will help you become a stronger, faster runner. They're completely free. So wake up on Workout Wednesday, go into the, your podcast app and hit play on that workout. Up next are Landmark Runs. These are perfect for city runners. After a warm-up, guys, please don't skip the warm-up, <laughs> run hard for a short interval to a landmark like a postbox, a shop, a car in the distance, or perhaps a street lamp, and then jog easy while she recover to the next landmark. All you then do is simply repeat this. This is really good to do if you're an early riser and you're getting out on the pavements before anyone else is about. Another thing you can do is chase the bus. When I was living in London, I loved chasing the bus because it made the same route that I did all the time that little bit more enjoyable and interesting by adding a game element. So what I would do is I would go out on my run, I'd warm up, and then when I could see a bus in the distance, I'd pick up my pace until I got there, and then I'd slow down, I'd let the bus go back off into the distance, and then I'd chase it again. And I'd keep doing this until I was kind of exhausted and then I headed back home again. Why not give it a go? If you're not in the city though, don't worry. Here's an idea for you country types. Do some Googling and find a hill in your area that is about 100 metres to the top. You want it to be quite close to your home because you don't want to have to run too far to get there, although your run to get there can count as your warm-up. Next, 
when you get there, start at the bottom of the hill. You then want to run to the top of the hill, focusing on pumping your arms and your running form. A coach once told me years ago that the best thing is to split hills into thirds to help you manage speeds and efforts. The first third should be about 50% effort, the next about 70, and then the last is everything you've got. Once you've got to the top, you then jog down, you then turn around and run up that hill again. I would start with doing probably about five repeats and then keep adding on to this week after week as you get fitter. If you can't do five, don't worry, do three. If you can do more than five, great. Just give it a go, see how it feels, and then use that as your benchmark to keep improving upon. Next up is the idea of dropping down and giving me 20 whilst on your run. Just because you're out on a run, it doesn't mean that you can't include bodyweight exercises. So why not split up a 30 minute run with simple bodyweight exercises? You could run for five minutes, then stop and do five sets of 10 push-ups, squats or something like a hip bridge and then run on. Stop again after another five minutes and do a different exercise. This concept works really well in parks, actually, because you've got benches to split it up. And also benches are great for doing tricep dips or step ups or something like that. On Go on, give it a go. Another thing that you can do on your runs to take your mind off how much longer is use your run to focus on your form. To do this, you want to focus on having your gaze directly in front of you, pulling your shoulders back, almost like you're squeezing something between your shoulder blades having your arms at a 90 degree angle and pulling your elbows back rather than swinging your arms forward whilst you run. You also want a long, tall spine so that you're not crunched down. Memorise those points and then when you're out on your run next time, recall them, check on your form and see whether you can improve that whilst you're running. Up next, and it's my last point, is coaching yourself. A great way to change up your standard running route is to split it into easy, medium and hard efforts. What you want to do is run easy for about three minutes and then run medium difficulty for about two minutes and then run hard for one minute. Keep repeating this until you reach the end of your run. And so there you have it, guys. There's 10 ways which I've learned to change up my runs over the years. Do give them a go and let me know what you try. And also do share any other tips you have for beating running boredom. You can get me over on Instagram at wellness underscore ed or tag me in your posts using hashtag welfare. I normally scroll through these in bed with my morning cuppa. Until next week. Bye. Team, thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe. It really helps other runners in need of some help find the show and join our community too. Don't forget to use hashtag welfare on all your IG posts because I love seeing them. Thanks very much, guys.